Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 113. I'm your host, M. With me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Gaming. Gaming. We're gaming. It is the year of video games. It's 2021. After seven years where it's actually not been the year of video games, it's been fake, it's been bad, it's been a piece of shit, uh, now it's time for gaming. Gaming is There's here. There's never been a better time to play video games. I've heard this from people. <laughs> Sometimes they were lying, though. It's the most... Uh, <laughs> it's always been a bad time it continues to be a bad time but guess what i've got an xbox my life's better now <laughs> purchasing technology improves your life you know what's really you know what's really good for like some pandemic depression is just throwing all your time in a fucking hole um it's damn right yeah i got an, i got an xbox uh with series x uh i think last time we recorded i was waiting for it to ship to best buy i think that's right in the window where this was uh, I believe so. You've had it. I feel like you've had it for a while because you've already played a bunch of games on it. You've, you've, you're in new console land. I'm in new console land. It's beautiful. It's like I, it's like I didn't even have a PS4. What's a PS4? Didn't play any of those games. Get fucked. Uh, yeah, no. Now you can play everything on Game Pass. Yeah. I did. I played a lot of things on Game Pass. Yeah. We played some Halo. We, we, we're going to talk about that we'll today. We played that. some Halo yeah. 3. Um, waiting on we're playing odst literally as soon as this podcast is edited and put up basically so yep we we both um, got headsets now yeah i've got i've got a headset gamer time gamer time is activated so what'd you play this month that wasn't for this podcast anything the, me halo 3 oh i guess that was for this podcast yeah it's technically um, for this podcast we're gonna talk about i played it, so inertial nothing. drift i guess that's a game All i right. played that counts um, yeah i really like that game You've talked it up a lot. Um, I'm curious about playing it. Uh, it's not on my Xbox. It's not on Xbox. What no, the fuck am I doing? Why would on, I play that? It's on PC and PS4 for some reason. It is the perfect game that should just be on Game Pass on that scale of game. Um, yeah. But alas, uh, it is uh, a racing game inspired by Initial D uh, in that it is about drifting in a very... Oh, uh, you know, way. famously invented drifting in Initial D. Yeah, but this is they're just doing it. The last the last boss's car is just the car from Initial D. I, I know, I know. Um and what this means uh mechanically is that the right stick is a drift stick that operates separate to your steering stick. Um and the balance on how drifting and steering works is is uh c- can vary widely between each vehicle and um They've, they've put a lot of work into that and it's good like it, it feels a little first drafty you know you feel the small scale but they they work uh really good in terms of like making sure they get as much out of that as possible like they can't do uh multi-car races with collisions right they haven't you know they don't have money for that so instead you get one-on-one duels in different forms um that are all built around like single tracks uh every track um like increases in not even complexity but like because it's a game with like a unique mechanic right like you this this doesn't exist in other games um this drift stick uh you will like learn things on uh like level design teaches you the mechanics in a cool way like i would never have thought to 
start breaking mid drift to kick my drift out further but then on one track you're like how can i get around this corner and then you do that and it's like damn uh so like the progression of their mechanics goes into the track design uh you play the tracks like a few times over in a in a sensible order and it's just it's just a cool story mode i wish there was more to it because i really like the idea but like you know it's a fairly cheap game uh, i understand small team and everything i'm not here to hit a judge what's there is really good and i i recommend it very highly I feel like saying you play the tracks through in a sensible order is the most British thing you've ever said on a podcast. You play the tracks through in a sensible order. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that's interesting about this is watching it, like, it seems really arcade in a way that, like, I've not played the initial D games. Most of them are Japan only. I think there's, like, some PS2 ones that maybe have come over. But Mm -hmm. uh, when I was a teen, the local arcade that is now shut down had the, like, card reading initial D things. It was before I cared about cars or initial D, so I didn't play them. Um, But from watching them, they always seemed more, like, not like, they're not, like, Gran Turismo, but they are a little more serious than what initial drift seems like it is. Yes, absolutely. Um. Like, it's barely a racing game because, you know, this is not how drifting works. You don't drift with two sticks. Uh, I got some people asking me, like, oh, can you play this game with a wheel? And, like, no, it is an abstraction of how drifting works. But it, um, I, I ended up really, really liking it in a way that's like, damn, this is not going to get a sequel, is it? Because this was made by, like, six people and didn't seem like it hit that huge. Like, I'm sure it's yeah. okay. It didn't, you know. Uh, I mean, let's see how many Steam reviews and then we'll find out live how well it did. Okay uh because fact checking on a podcast, I'm not on a podcast. we're just gonna not let it that. Go. Now, here we go uh it has uh top boundary released september 11th <laughs> and no, since never then forget. never forget uh 299 steam reviews so i take back it did well uh that's not great that's not great no uh it deserves way more than that okay maybe i'll play it i don't know yeah Seems nice. I'm looking for a driving game. So Xbox time. Well, I guess I, I finished Blue Revolver on uh on which was a Steam game. I finished that yesterday. Um I was on a call with you. I was like, oh, I'm almost close to unlocking free play. Because the thing with that game is it's a vertical shooter. And you you know, it's it's nice. It's just one of those. It's it's kind of bullet helly and but the, the free play is an unlockable that costs a lot of like the currency you get by beating the game or whatever. You, you do a run, you get like a couple hundred, and it costs forty five hundred to buy free play. Um, and so I had to get pretty good at the game to where I could consistently get through the third stage of five um, to start getting the currency. Even then I played through like, you know, I probably played through the first three levels of that game about 10 times, mm-hmm. uh, all things considered. Finally got free play and then immediately just the sloppiest <laughs> possible play to like get my way through to the final boss, then be like, okay, I beat it. Um, it makes a good <laughs> argument for why getting free play unlocked automatically in a shooter is bad for like understanding why the game is good because that game's got a really interesting like score thing where you're you every time you attack enemies with your normal laser you build up to like an eight chain combo and then when you use your special attack it drains a meter um but gives you like a four times multiplier while you do that um and so you kill enemies to like build the combo and build the meter and then you burn all the meter to get a ton of points and the enemies explode no bunch of gems you collect it is the stuff that helps you buy the unlocks like free play um and once I just had infinite continues, the game has no continues. I just, uh, you know, buttoned through beating the game. I spent, I went from like, oh, I can get to the third stage without losing my first life to I used like 15 continues and finished the video game. <laughs> yep. Um, and, uh, that, that was, it's weird. Cause like, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to sit. I don't have the time. I'm not the person. I'm not my life where I can sit and just get good at one of those games. Uh, 
the paralysis of how many of them are on my Steam library alone makes that like a thing I don't want to do. I'm like, oh, there's like 10 of these. Why am I going to spend 20 hours and getting good on one of them? Um, there's more than 10 because uh, I have a Steam library that's been going for a long time. Um, but uh, it's it's nice to see an argument for like, it's good to slow down. I wish I could play games like a normal person. I guess I've been doing that because then the Xbox stuff is going on and that's been extremely normal. I played Forza Horizon 4. Uh, for about two hour, two or three hours, and I was like, I hate this open world. I don't want to play this, and I deleted it. <laughs> yep, it was no. great. Yeah. Uh, I played. I played uh, specifically. I didn't like uh, the open world events. I just want to play through courses. Um, I think the game handling is fine. It's like more arcadey than I want, and it doesn't really because it has an open world. It doesn't really support playing it like really aggressively. Like I turned off all these assists because I played a lot of Forts of three and uh, two and three. Um, turned off all these assists, assists, and it was still like seemed like an easy game. All I could do was make the drive avatars more aggressive, which wasn't fun. That's not what I want. Um, and so that was a shame. And then I uh, played Jedi Fallen Order and played about two hours of that. And I was like, man, Star Wars is boring now, huh? And deleted that. That seemed like a piece of shit. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah, no. I mean, I played that game last month and I finished it, but I had kind of the same arc as you did, just on a longer yeah. scale. I uh, I played Outer Worlds uh, about two thirds of the way through. I got to Monarch, which is the biggest planet, and that has a thing where you you're asked to mediate between like three and a half factions to get someone to do what you want, and you you have to like balance it out or pick a side or whatever, and do quests like build faction rep, and then like force the issue on this planet because everyone's fighting over broadcast rights. You're like, I just need to get this data, and I need this everyone to stop badgering this guy for his one radio tower before you give me the data. And that was miserable. Uh, that game's <laughs> uh, you can listen to Journal Updated, uh, secondbestgame.club on our on our website. They have an episode about Outer Worlds. Uh, that's a bad video game. The the compulsion of doing the Fallout thing of just walking through buildings, picking up everything isn't nailed down, is is good. Uh, you know, it's always nice to do that in a video game. I enjoy it personally. I like I like having a lock picking skill and using it to open things that I shouldn't be opening. Um, but everything about that game feels empty and like jokey. And in like really shitty ways, it's not even like, it's not even like a Borderlands humor. Uh, the thing I pointed out in the discord when I was talking about it is it's like, it's like the way in which Rocco's modern life is Mm anti-corporate. Like it's aware that corporations are bad and kind of the ways in which that's true, but without any sort of like analysis of what you do other than like, you know, act cool and above it. (laughs) It feels very nineties. Yes. Yeah. It, it was just, it was just exhausting. Um, and then, you know, he asked me to do a bunch of quests I didn't care about. And there's a, there's a guy you get on your party. His name's Vicar Max and he has a whole like religious belief. And, you know, I love, uh, Dakon in, uh, Planescape Torment. I want to sit and listen to a person talk about their religion for two hours in a video game like this. Couldn't even bother to go through his dialogue tree about his religion. It was so boring. That's how you know it's not a good game. <laughs> Man, they fucked up. You know. Uh, I played The Tourist with a Y. That, that was on Game Pass. It's fine. It's game. It's just like an, it's just a light little puzzle game. Um, you know, it's kind of like minute, but it doesn't have like the time loop thing. It's very, it's, but it's very much like go to an area, see what people need, do the thing that's going to solve their problem. You get a reward that helps unlock the next area to do stuff in. Um, it's on everything, but it's, they advertise the Xbox version. It's like it has ray tracing and it's at 6K or whatever. And, um, it's fine. Whatever. I played Carrion. Carrion's totally like negligible. Uh, remember that bit in the end of Inside that's really cool? What if that was the entire game and there's no catharsis because that's all you're doing for like six hours? That game's not very great, um, unfortunately. Yep. 
Uh, and then what I actually did uh, was finish Final Fantasy 15. I, I got Yay! my Xbox. The first thing I downloaded was 15. Played the whole damn thing, like 42 hours. You played a Final Fantasy? I did. Look at you. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 is a pretty good video game that has maybe the most messy development history that's publicly available of uh, any JRPG that we know about. Um, but for all of that, I think it's really interesting. We watched Kingsglaive. Kingsglaive sucks. I saw Brotherhood before the game came out back in the day. Brotherhood sucks. But somehow the video game is like actually pretty good. Uh, at least I thought so. You know, you, you, I think people expect too much out of the idea of like we're making the action Final Fantasy. Uh, it's not it's not a character action game. It's not near Automata. It, it's it's literally just hold down the button and dodge at the right time. And <sighs> you, you just wait. You just wade through enemies and the numbers go up and then you, you get strong enough to beat the game. Just like every other Final Fantasy. I can't stress how much I don't want Final Fantasy to be near Automata. In, I mean, you know, generically for me, in my opinion, that game, more importantly for the combats. Yeah. Uh, like, phew, that would be so bad. It would just be too intense, but like, rote, right? Like, the problem with pl- putting Platinum Combat in a 40 hour game is it's, oh, you're always pressing buttons. It's moment to moment, I guess, exciting, quote unquote. But what that means is you're doing too much when the flow of the battles operates at a slower pace. I um I intend to write a little about like specific stuff I think is good about the story because Jackson hasn't played it so I can't bring it up here but that'll be in the letter that should be up by the time this goes up if not I'm working on it and if it turns out I didn't write about Final Fantasy uh whoops who knows what happened in the next couple days <laughs> who can say we do have like a few days to get our letters up I don't know what I'm gonna write about but it'll be something yeah that'd be something um I do I do I do just think that the, the story is good I think people's I, I understand that there are gaps in it because the, the way it was put together is a little ship sh- slipshod, but I do think that fundamentally it is a good small scale story about characters growing through their journey, which is all you can ask for out of one of these games, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. It's good. Reminded me a lot of Final Fantasy VIII. Um, yeah. And that's high praise. Um, yeah. I'm <laughs> excited for you to play some remake when it comes to Xbox eventually. Yeah, I'm less excited for that one, but I know I'll probably do it because I'm a dumbass. You're a dumbass. Um, it's really I'm... weird how much a lot of not playing console games was. I just don't like the PS4. I guess fundamentally. I mean, yeah. I mean, now that the the X, new Xbox is out, it like you know it's kind of ugly, but it works right. That's all that matters. You can get to every single option very very quickly. Everything loads really fast. It, it, that's that's nice. It me it, it counts for a lot. Yes. Um, and now you can just play the games. Half of the ones are on Game Pass, especially the ones you want to play, right? Like, you're not here to spend $70 on Doom or whatever. I played Doom. Did you play Doom? Oh, you mean Eternal? Yes. I played Doom 2016. Um, yeah, no. We I, I saw was on Game Pass and was like, maybe I'll play that for free. And then I didn't because I don't want to play Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah, it seems bad. The part where it's like, oh, there's platforming. I'm like, maybe. What if? Maybe, but mm, what if you like it more than the other way? I have, I have like... I think I have like 45 games installed on my Xbox right now, and none of them are the games I just told you about, so. (laughs) Incredible stuff. Yeah. Well, that is is the gaming segment. That's all the games we've been playing. I hope Uh, I slow down next month just because playing Final Fantasy in two weeks. This was before they even announced they were taking it off. I just got lucky. I literally finished. I was watching the credits and checked Twitter and saw they were taking off Game Pass. They heard you were done. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, everyone. Yeah. They're waiting for me. They're waiting for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're not going to play as much that next month because we have a different JRPG to play. Yeah, but it's not it's not a very long one. 
That's true. That's very true. Uh, well. Anyway. We, we promised that we'd continue to play Halo. We did it. Halo! It's Halo time. We played Halo. That's all I play Oh, We played Halo 3. That's right. Halo 3. Do you want to tell people what Halo 3 is briefly? If they don't know for some reason. <laughs> Halo 3 is the third entry in Bungie's Halo first-person shooter platform pl pl series, exclusive to the Xbox 360, released in 2007, was... A massive deal at the time, best-selling game of all time, whatever, hugest entertainment launch in history, completely upstaged by Call of Duty 4 a month later, uh, so history kind of laughed in its face at some level, but uh, it was still a big deal, it's still Halo, everyone loves Halo, and we played Halo 3. Um, it's the story of the Master Chief fighting off the Covenant invasion of Earth that happened at the end of Halo 2. Uh, this this is the last Halo that felt like a big deal as someone who wasn't like yes. heard of Halo but didn't play them at the time. It had like Halo Reach was still Bungie and people still liked it and pe that game yeah. was still popular, but like it, the landscape had completely changed. Yeah. Uh, Halo Three uh, finishes Halo 2's uh, hastily constructed story, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Um, Halo 3 is weird, and we got we got some emails about Halo 3, and we'll talk about them when we get there. Uh, we, we played the campaign. That's what we're doing with these. We're not messing with multiplayer. Um, there are questions about multiplayer that Jackson can answer as someone who played way more Halo yes. 3 than me. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Let's go play some Griff Bowl. But um, Halo 3 is the best one so far. It's really good. It's, it's a really good game. It's way better than Halo 2. It's not better than Halo 2. It's, it's, it's almost as good as Halo 2, but it's not as good as Halo, Halo 2. Halo 2, bad, worst one of the Halos we played. Uh, you're just wrong. You're just fucking wrong. It's the best one. Uh, it's it's paced really well. Everything moves. It's a sick game. I mean, we don't really disagree. We just like Halo, but uh, you have ranked them in a different order. 
I mean, yeah, the, the part where Halo 3 has, like, proper scripting where it doesn't seem like the game broke every time a new wave of enemies shows up. and <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that's fair enough. It, you get you get to actually fight one of the big scarabs instead of, like, having a cutscene beat it for you. Yes. <laughs> it is sick when that scarab shows up and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. When the two ones show up, uh, you were like, okay, we'll, we'll split up and take them out. And I was literally blowing up the scarab as you were like, right, have you have you gotten on the scarab yet? I was literally bailing it. It was about to explode. <laughs> yes. Good uh, times. Uh, I, I just, like, I think the story in Halo is genuinely bad. Uh, they have not described their world in any way at the, the through three. Like I, I knew things about like, oh yeah, the Spartans are all children returned as super soldiers in the U.S. government or the whatever they're called. What's the UNSC? U- yes, the UNSC is all like fascists or whatever. None of that's in the video games. Even though Halo Three is the most like we have to salute our troops who go to war and die for our country game that I've played in a long time. It's powerfully uh, post nine eleven. Yes. Um. But really, th- this is a story about how the Arbiter's sick as hell, and unfortunately for us, as people who like stories and video games, because the Arbiter is the default player too in this game, he doesn't say a fucking thing the entire game. Yeah, Bungie decided to stick to their tradition of making sure that you, the player character doesn't speak, which means that while gameplay-wise, the Master Chief and the Arbiter are hanging out all the game, and like it's the game about them teaming up, right? Uh, that yep. doesn't actually come through in the story, because the story is just like bad dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it leads to weird things where, like, I played as the Arbiter, I was player two. I spent the entire time getting visions of Cortana. Didn't ask <laughs> Master Chief once, who the fuck's this blue lady I keep saying? <laughs> right, because they've only had one brief conversation while being held upside down by a random plant monster. Yep. Uh, the Flood in Halo 3, though, are incredible. Putting the 360 uh, power to work by making the Flood way goopier and more interesting, uh, it's sick. Yes, like they're all like overgrown and more planty and less yes. just yellowy sickness. Yeah, I um, I really enjoyed that stuff. Uh, you know, the game's good. Like I, the vehicle segments are more interesting. Other than anytime you have to be in a tank, t- take tanks out of video games, please. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a great time. I don't know. Yeah, I was not. Trailer. I didn't feel Halo Two in the same way at all. Although they did ruin the the big leaping sword swipe from Halo 2, which was the best part of Halo 2. Yes, they, they nerfed that pretty hard. Cause Too beautiful to be put into another game, unfortunately. Well, the thing about that sword swipe is it wasn't just in the game, right? It was in the multiplayer. You could just yeah. do that to people. If you got the sword, that was it. I think Halo 3, and I mean, this is what modern games do, should not necessarily mandate that the mechanics of the single player mirror the mechanics of the multiplayer. This... W- this is the era where that kind of stopped, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but at this point, they would they kept them the same. Um, Remember when we fought that guy in the big chair, and you could just sword leap across the entire arena at that guy over and over again because the air dash on the sword swipe is so big. Oh, that was so it. good! It was so good. Yeah. I'm saying Halo Two is an amazing game. Uh, the rest of the game is not that good. <laughs> so, um, God, so I had a great time. I'm glad. Like, they're good co-op games. We play them all on mm-hmm. normal. Uh, they're very frictionless. Halo Three. I'm is glad like, we're out of the era of like the bad anniversary editions. Halo Three just looks God, good yes. still. <laughs> just that they ported Halo Three, and yeah. unlike Halo Two, it was like, I mean, it was still rushed and crunched on, right? But it was crunched on in a way of a real hit, like massive hit game, not in the way of Halo Two, where like they didn't have time to animate everything. Um, yeah. So it just has a level of polish that the series hadn't had before visible visible matte paintings in multiple scenes in halo 3 they're all fantastic beautiful and it's got that 360 bloom 
It does have that 360 bloom. I miss nice, the lighting, and that looks really good. Like the character models are like whatever, but like they really went all in on the lighting. I feel like it uh, still holds up incredibly for that. It was like a controversy at the time because the game ran at like 500p or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not true next gen. I mean, you look at the character models, and yeah, they're Xbox models. Uh, they went hard. They're, they're just... a little nicer than the Xbox models, but not by much. Not by much. But like, it's not even like the mo- like the models have like some like, nice texture. I understand detail. a world where Gears is out, Halo looks super creaky by the time Halo Three comes out in terms of model like resolution right it's not even necessary texture resolution specifically like the way the mouths kind of just flap yeah, no that's what i mean like yeah. you look at gears and gears looks like a modern game you look at halo 3 and halo 3 looks like a game from before uh, and yet they focus all their attention in uh, in the lighting uh yeah. and it, I, I think it pays off that game looks amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. I'm really excited to get to ODST. ODST was, even before we started on this journey, was the one I always was like, oh, if I was going to play a Halo game, that'd be the one, so. I'm really I'm curious what I think about off. it. I haven't played yeah. that. I, I replayed the Halo trilogy with the intent of getting to 5 um, a while ago, but then once they announced Master Chief PC, we're like, oh, we'll just play those games together. And, and uh, so I had never, haven't replayed uh, ODST in over a decade. So I'm very interested yeah. what I'll think about it. game club this month is quake maybe you've heard of it it was developed by id software uh designed by john romero american mcgee sandy peterson tom willits the other john was there john carmack exists i guess <laughs> john carmack it was released does exist. in 1996 it's it's 3d they made a real-time 3d engine finally to put their video game in <laughs> yeah finally quake everyone else has been doing it for so long yeah no i know I think it was 95, not 96. So where am I? No, it was 96. Okay, damn. It was 96. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, Jackson. I I just was lying. Music by Nine Inch Nails. That's true. All the nails say Nin on them, like Nine Inch Nails logo. Yeah, the Ranger is voiced by Trent Reznor himself. <laughs> if if you if you showed me this, <laughs> we'll start. You showed me the soundtrack and been like, "This guy's a famous film composer." Now, I don't think I would have picked Trent. Re- I like Trent Reznor's film scores. I think the Quake soundtrack is like kind of generic. The the Quake the Quake soundtrack is really strange, which is because it's like mostly all like weird, just ambient noises. Yes, um, which I think is like a, a fine. I don't. 
I don't think it's a great match for Ids. Yeah, I listened like, through the whole thing again today, trying to find pulls for the this what I'm going to do for this episode when I edit it. Don't know what I'm going to do yet because I'm like the first song's great, you know. Um, title screen rips everything else, and eh, it's fine. It's all kind of the same though, and it's all eight minutes long. So what am I going to do with that? What am I supposed to do with any of that? Yes. Um, anyway. What's the story of Quake? Jackson, regale us with the tale. The story of Quake, the plot of Quake. Yep. Uh, you are the ranger, and you are on a world named Quake, and you go through portals uh, into this like world of Quake, which you eventually learn. You're not to on the world. You're not in a world named Quake. That's are you not a, in the space of Quake? I thought you were like no. The enemy, the mysterious enemy, is named Quake, and no one knows what it is. Oh, right. I'm getting Quake too confused, aren't I? That's the stuff of the. I don't know anything about Quake Two. Okay. Anyway, you're the ranger, and you're going through these portals uh, to fight the mysterious uh, enemies, codenamed Quake, is what I meant to say. Uh, Yeah. And as you go through these portals and descend, you collect runes and learn that these are the runes that could transport you to the Lovecraftian menace uh, super boss who is trying to bring these creatures into the world and uh, kill everything on Earth. And you collect all the runes, you go through the portal, like a f- big floor opens up in your uh, like level select chamber, you go to the final boss, and uh, then you stand in the final boss room uh, until you close the game. Um, and then you look up, what the fuck am I going to do for the final boss? And you go, god damn it! And... I, just, I just did it on accident. Oh, did, so. did you? Yes. Uh, and you stop the Lovecraftian beast... Uh, and the day is saved. You've done it. You kill the guy. Yeah. You know what's cool? The devil. You know what's not as cool? Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yes. <laughs> Massive downgrades. Yeah. Uh, you know, we did a bunch of research for when we did Doom. I, like, I read Masters of Doom. You read Masters of Doom also, right? I read Masters of Doom. Yeah. That was a long time ago now. My memory is spotted. I barely remember uh, any of it. Yeah, I just fucking John Carmack, dude. Uh, anyway, um, you know, Quake is a thing they'd want to do. Like, it, they teased it in Commander Keen. It was going to be like a side scrolling action game because it was based on like D&D games they were running at the time. Mm-hmm. Quake was going to be like a badass with like a huge hammer or whatever. Um, watching, like, reading up on the history of this, we're like, how can we, do, we, can we do that? Oh, uh, that's not going to, we, you know, no one cares about 2D side scrollers anymore. Well, what if we made a 3D action game and th- they couldn't figure out how to make that work? It was going to be like a third person action, uh, adventure. Um, and then they just settle on, what if we made it a shooter again? <laughs> what if we made, like, Doom again? And obviously that's not what, the, like, that's reductive, uh, considering how important Quake Yeah, is but like, food. this game was originally advertised as an RPG with, like, spell mechanics <laughs> yes. and stuff. <laughs> And then it's just like, oh, what if you go, you shoot enemies, which are primarily obstacles on your way to collect uh, keys, which open doors that lead to a level exit yes. in a series of episodes. <laughs> yep. A familiar structure. Yeah. Uh, and the, then all of this falls on the, like, you know, John Carmack's new 3D engine to saw the video game it turns out it was pretty good people liked it so you know it worked out but it, it is like the reason uh john romero left because like uh so we're, we're just here about the technology huh that's we're a technology company not a not a video game company fuck this i'm out uh went on to make daikatana which was the <laughs> middle period third person action adventure version that he was working on i kind of want to play daikatana now we that's should what happened, try actually. daikatana i mean it's probably i believe people when they say it's bad 
but I bet it's more interesting than like people. That, the problem is that's a game that at the time was there's no way it would have succeeded because the hype was so big for it. Plus, it came out in two thousand. Yeah, that too. Uh, it took forever. It's like on the it's id software uh, engines, but he doesn't have John Carmack to just make things for him. So yes. It's a disaster. Uh, I want to play it as well, but uh, I do not expect quality, but I bet it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, of course, the, the 3D engine is a big thing here. Also, uh, you know, in the meantime, Mouse Look has happened to video games, and this game has Mouse Look and a jump button and a multiplayer mode that, you know, uh, really blew up. We didn't, again, we did not play the multiplayer. We'll talk about it in the emails because people asked about the multiplayer. We don't play multiplayer here. <laughs> Though I did, as a child, play a lot of Quake Three, like LAN at school. Like it was in, it was on every IT. It was on the T drive at school. So you just played yeah, Quake because of the era in which I grew up. Like the the computer labs, computer labs didn't exist in my high school. There was like okay. a couple computers, and they were all Macs that didn't play video games. You know, like you couldn't get a Quake Three game going in the IT lesson. <laughs> no, no, rip, no. I learned I learned to type in a typing class on a word processor in junior high. Ah, uh, you're ancient. Yeah, I'm not even that old, but like it just this is how schools are, right? Like, yes. You know, I remember I remember playing Oregon Trail in, in like on a floppy disk and uh, in high, elementary school, but other than that, like the, the computers weren't playing games. Uh, no, no. I was playing GameCube in high school. Is what I was doing. Can okay, I want to play some melee? Um, I was playing a lot of melee. That is true. Think of that as a, high school is the smash zone to me. Everyone was playing melee. Uh, it was it was people were so excited for brawl. I know we've gone far afield already, but uh, that I was, mean melee melee came out when I hit high school. Like I I junior high was all Smash sixty four. Like you know okay yeah I, I was hundreds of hours in Smash sixty four. I played less melee because we were all in high school at that point. I was people playing Melee, but like in the lead up to Brawl, so they were checking that one Brawl website every single day for two years. By then I was working when that happened. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Anyway, back to Quake. Yeah, back to Quake. So we wanted to do Quake just because it was like a gap that I wanted to fill in. Like we covered Doom and then I went on to play all the other Dooms. I haven't played Eternal yet, but you know, I played two and three and didn't really like either of them. Um, Famously, neither of us liked Doom 4. but I was like, let's go back to Quake. Let's see what they did after this and how that works. And I wanted to see what it was. And Quake is a really interesting game because um, it's no Doom. <laughs> no. Well, no. Like- First point, it's not Doom. You can't make Doom again. No one, everyone's tried. No one succeeded. Doom 2, um, also not Doom. Like <laughs> a, Quake is a better not Doom than Doom 2 is not Doom. Yes. Yes. Um, Though because I did thing- learn a lot about Doom 2 through looking up, why are these levels bad in Quake? <laughs> yes. Uh, the thing with Quake is that I think the addition of, like, the the speed and the platforming being, like, optional, like, part of the exploration really makes the levels interesting in a way that, like, my problem with Doom 2 is that the levels mostly suck. Uh, yes. And Doom even often sometimes just gets too meandering and too, like, carefully pick through all these areas. Doom, or Quake is a game about, like, jumping up to get keys on ledges, and that's sick. I love it. That's what I want out of video games. As we all uh, know, the that, jump cool. is the primary vehicle by which games are good. <laughs> it's so true. It's remarkable that Doom is so good without one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, uh, and so as a platformer, like I had a great time. I like there's so many things that I could say about Quake that like I don't love. I think like 
I think most of the enemies are kind of boring. I, I think the weapons, I think there needs to be like one or two more weapons, probably. Um, I don't like that there's just super versions of every weapon, basically. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I just like running around jumping on precarious platforms uh, as, as weird night guys shoot energy at me. Uh, yes, same. I had a pretty good time, but like, it's yeah. weird. Cause like, even at the time, like I understand why the multiplayer is thing to take off because the single player is not, not categorically different for being in this wild new engine and the way it, like, you know, you see doom in it, right? You're, you look at this and I'm like, okay, I understand how you go from one to the other. This is, this is an iteration in the way that doom was not an iteration. Doom felt like something new had fallen from the sky. Yeah. Even considering Wolfenstein, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I like Wolfenstein a lot, but it's not fucking doom. Um, and there are there are things in Quake that are like new and interesting, um, and but like even the like you know touches of now we can do really like really go between shadow and light, and as a lot mm. of bits where like they're hiding like the level roots by you know the shadow and you the light will aim one way, but if you turn the other way, there's actually an enemy standing there and just lots of stuff like that. Uh, but that's all like just an extension of the stuff Doom was doing. Um, often better like i feel like there's not very many enemies on screen in quake um because it's it's a 3d game they can't render that many enemies uh so you don't ever get like super chaotic battles uh but it also means the enemies themselves have to be like more threatening so it means i felt like i was spending more time in quake combat like managing small scale encounters and like moving backwards very defensively whenever combat engaged compared to doom where i'll be like balancing like four different enemies coming from different directions um making sure that everyone like you know you take out the imps when you deal with the cacodemons you do you know doom just is like better at a more uh grand scale of combat i guess uh that mm. quake can't do because like quake you know you get to some of the final levels and it's like sometimes there's four guys <laughs> at the same yes. time yes um, and it's, it's just a different situation unless they're the little ghouls in which case there might be as many as 10 of them Ooh. So but they'll all explode in like a single shot, so it's fine. Yes. Uh, which is not like because they're just sprites in Doom, right? Like they can go yeah. all out even on the uh the like hardware of the time. Yes. And so yeah, yeah. i I feel like you feel like immediately the uh cost of the graphics on the gameplay. I think the designer ran it mostly well. Like uh one of the best things in this game to the point where um I think the game would be better if it was designed further around it. Uh, is the uh, ricochet grenade launcher. It feels amazing. I love to hit that thing off walls at angles. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, using the geometry to get enemies in inopportune positions for them. Like, yes. it's either that or, like, you know, getting someone to fall in the water where they're not going to be able to leap at you and be a, a threat anymore. Mm -hmm. Um you know, the way in which the enemies also have to navigate around the space is much more interesting than in Doom, where they just won't walk off walls or anything. Like, they, they're just on the platform they're on. Yeah. Um, and this is so much more about how do I hit them from here, and how do I get them into a place where, like, they're not going to be as much of a threat, and, you know, hiding them around corners and stuff. Like, by the end of the game, uh, as much as I don't like those levels, it is fun to, like focus around making enemies get like hung up on corners as you make sure they they don't destroy you because by that time they all hit really hard yeah the episode we'll get into episode four it's bad it's bad it's, it's bad, a bad episode. it's a bad episode um, but yeah but like primarily i think the, the especially in the you know the first three three episodes uh the game has a really good sense of like uh i don't know what the term for it is but um satisfying like spatial progression mm. through the key through the key cards or the you know 
Uh, what are the, what are the, just keys? I guess they're just floating keys. Yeah, they're just keys. The gold and silver keys. Yeah. Gold and silver keys. And uh, usually they're fairly self-explanatory, but then there's a couple like secret things to find, and it's just satisfying to go through the motions of exploring the space. Um, it's not like you know these aren't the Zelda games, right? But it definitely feels more refined in terms of like doom is the spaces are bigger because once again the hardware can do that like you know it's what uh you can do with uh with a sprite based and tile of tile based uh, yeah you're just drawing uh, the map at that point right you're not right, putting yeah. down geometry everywhere so here they have to think more about like interlocking keys like so you have this and another route goes across the way you already came there's lots of like bridges that change the levels yeah lots of going up and down things and it feels um uh, the you know, uh, one like of my that. favorite levels is the I think it's the second map of episode two, which is just a big fuck off castle. Yes, and it just it just operates like you would expect a castle. Like you get down in the moat and there's secret stuff in the moat, but you you like climb up the various like spiral staircases leading up to the towers, and uh, there's like you know you're on an exterior wall and there's a bunch of stained glass windows and like all that geometry like holds together and makes sense, and it's just really good about that. Yes. Uh, the the one thing it, it doesn't have that like the modern years do is like there's no there's no like design to the space of like here's where the people like you're not in the church with pews right like none of that no. stuff exists that you get in like a modern shooter like there's no flavor geometry it's all just here's the map yeah it's still very utilitarian um in mm-hmm. the way that doom is but it definitely like the coherence of the spaces uh I wouldn't say better, but like more focused, right? By the necessity of these spaces have to be smaller and more condensed because they're 3D maps that we have to all store in memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, because of that, the game is like color palette is much more muted than Doom, which is often very weird. Is like, you know, you get the like screaming face uh, animated textures and like it, it, often Doom is like very blue and red in weird ways. And this is this is this is a brown game. This is the introduction of brown games. Well, uh, yeah, because their lighting, really like from. their lighting engine was better at replicating multiple shades of brown than it was any other color. So they just made the games more brown. Uh, yeah, and like Quake 2 is like colored lighting, right? Like we've introduced colored yes. lighting. Uh, so I expect Quake 2 will be less just brown. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this is a brown game. The game is brown. <laughs> yep. uh, and uh, I think that like if they do well with it, though just generally to its detriment, I don't. I just don't think it looks great a lot of the time. Like it's very technically impressive, but I think the aesthetic is... Um, I wouldn't go so far to say it's grading. It's not like bad, right? Like it's it's a yeah. it's a well made game. It holds together well, but I do th- you know, hell's better than Lovecraft once again. Yeah. Uh, also, like the way in which the lighting is built into the levels does like like instantly you had to create the idea of lights you're used to signpost where you go need to go, and I think they do a really good job of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's no map button anymore. Like I played Doom with the like wireframe map like overlaid my screen the entire time, and that just isn't a possibility here. So they have to rely on the levels to like kind of point you in the same direction. Sometimes they. They clearly just couldn't figure it out, so they just put big ass arrows in places. <laughs> yes, uh, like like in that one Halo level. Yeah, but sometimes it's just like nicely suggested by the lighting and the the state the stage design, which is what you're looking for. Yeah, which means that like every time the light points one way, you check the other way first. <laughs> yeah, do you though? There's not a whole lot in those places. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go, like, so far on... Se- well, the thing is, at the start, that's how they hide secrets, right? But at the end, yes. it's how they hide fucking enemies that'll kill you from behind. Yep. 
Though by the end they do also drop like a quad damage every like fifty feet. They know. They well, know. They they know but up. like I don't. I don't. Like I understand why they did that, but I don't think it's necessarily a great solution because it turns the no. game into like an arcade attack time rush. Because the quad well, yeah, damage ends up is time feeling, It ends up feeling like the like wad community that exists around Doom at that point, right? Which is like <laughs> throw a thousand enemies at you and you just have like the biggest gun and you fuck them all up. But it's Quake, so they can't actually do that. They just replicate it this way. Because, like, with quad damage, any of your guns are just going to make enemies explode into, like, little bloody bits. And uh, it's very ridiculous. But if you don't have quad damage, you're going to get, like, screwed by, like, a few few enemies. Yes. So you end, you end up in situations in Episode 4 where you're basically hoping that when you get quad damage, you can make your way to the next quad damage drop without, like, like in time. Um and I just don't think the levels are made for that. Like it, it no. like leans towards perfecting your movement and speed. Like it's, it's like, episode four is designed to be like speed run because it's so fucking like confusing when you don't know where you're going. Yeah. As opposed to levels, uh, like in the other episode, let me just pick around like the one with the pipes, right? Like you come to a central chamber which has three pipes, and every time you take one, and then it's a fairly linear route to the end. It returns you to the central chamber, and the next pipe is open, and you go through all in order. You feel the interconnectedness of the space by doing this, and then you proceed to the end. It's very self-explanatory. It's it's very well as like very like designed in a way that like you go to episode four, and then you get like loads of different very dark mazes that are just kind of like different square corridors Mm -hmm. um and often around these are like around the sides of more central like features in the in the level but they they feature these mazes and they're very confusing and you go around a lot and you get lost a lot and you find a quad damage like i hope i find an enemy to use this on Mm -hmm. uh and so those are the two like types of levels in quake i guess yeah uh, also, the guns aren't very good. Like the grenade launcher is great. The rocket launcher is iconic, but the grenade launcher is more fun as yes. a version of that. <laughs> yes. Um, but like they just did a shotgun again. <laughs> I did too. They're the shotgun is the pistol now because like the, that's just what they they've you know they booked the shotgun so poorly it's just the pistol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really did. Because uh, that shotgun's useless. Yep. Like I like the nail gun. I think it's it's as far as like miniguns go, it's like one of the better ones I've ever used. Um mm-hmm. I just love how much it dumps ammo. But like, you know, the the uh Thunderbolt, so that's called? Yes. Is it's no BFG. It's it's a that's a really piddly feeling gun. Yeah. Uh, like it does a lot of damage and you can tell, but it just like, you know, the the JPEG, you know, the sprite texture for the beam yeah, it goes just ends up feeling like line. the like the plasma rifle or whatever. Like it's no, just not no, no, it's no. not impactful in the same way. The plasma rifle feels better than I like the plasma rifle. Yeah, fair enough. Comes in like different like blue blobs and they all turn around like yeah, yeah. plasma rifle's a great gun. Yeah, I think it's partially it's because it does the direct like it does direct damage like it shoots a lightning bolt at the enemy and as long as it's on their like you know their model it's going to do damage mm-hmm. but because of that that means that there's like there's no good animation for oh I hit them it's like you're either on the enemy or you're not and you just drain their health or you don't and it, it's just not interesting visually like there's no good feedback for it. Mm-hmm. I do think like as the game uh, like progresses the the. The like because it has to be about smaller combat like encounters, right? Like the game becomes, at least in the phrases where you don't have quad damage, uh, about balancing hit stun. Um, mm-hmm. But it 
is very intense. It's, I don't think it's very well balanced at that. It's just like a, it, it could be a whole thing and how you manage combat, but it's it's kind of a small thing. But it does matter, right? Like you get you come to an enemy, you um you fight them a bunch. Uh, they will always take like three or four hits, and if you just stand there and shoot, you'll take more than you like you know uh, yeah. get by killing them. So you got to make sure you, you know, back up, hit them once because they'll back off a bit and uh, like. But the, the strategy doesn't change. Like I knew how to deal with all the enemies, and eventually it just came, became kind of annoying every time I had to fight another grenade guy. Yeah, because you know what to do. It's just, uh, and it, there's just not enough variance where you're just going to mm-hmm. see the enemies too many times. Yes. Um, every time that lightning guy shows up, you're like, "God damn it! This guy takes so long to kill. It's not interesting." The lightning guy does take so fucking long to kill. Yeah, unless you actually, you also have a thunderbolt or whatever. It's going to just take way too long. Uh, I mean, even when you have the uh, super nail gun, it, you if you just stand there and dump, you'll only be hit once by him. So it's not yeah. it doesn't take that long, but it feels like it takes so long because the speed of the game still feels like it should move at like a doom pace. Yeah. Uh, even though, like compared to a modern shooter, it all of this stuff is super fast. Like unless you get stuck, every level's under like six minutes. Yeah, most of them. Like I feel like I got through most levels in like four. And yes. I wasn't even like going, I wasn't even like zooming, right? Unless it's either that or it's 15. Yes, the 15 minute ones are nightmares. <laughs> Did you get stuck on the, how do I describe the level? It's, I think it's the first one in episode four. The one with the, the we shoot the windows. Yes, yes, I totally got stuck there. Because I didn't realize that that one bit where you can jump to the window, there was actually a little bit behind if you just go to the back and then jump down and that's how you get to the silver key. I don't remember what hung me up on that one, but yes, no, I definitely got stuck on. I think there was about three levels throughout the game where I just, I it was it was never like, oh, this is too hard. It's like I just I killed everything. I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. Still going. Yep. Uh, now walking around an empty level, not having a thought to do, is so bad as a, yes. like a feeling in these games, um, which is like to their testament that mostly that doesn't happen in Doom or Quake, mm-hmm. um, unless you are in episode four in this one. Um, it, it yeah and then you suddenly like oh I, I guess like to some people right that must be the challenge because it keeps happening in episode four so much that it's like this is meant to be a labyrinth right like this is part of the design is being lost and not knowing what dark's thing is about to attack you from the shadows yeah um but i, I just i just don't like enjoy that mode of uh id shooter as much as i enjoy when it's just good yeah yeah for sure um i was surprised given how dark it is i feel like it's like a less tense game than doom is in a lot of ways i would agree like doom is a game where sometimes i was like i don't want to go in that room that room looks scary i didn't have that in quake Uh, i think it's because of the lesser amount of enemies and like the way that shadows work you don't have the situations of like when doom you can press a button the lights go off and then there's like 12 enemies in the room Mm-hmm. And then every enemy is like, Rawr! and the noises are better. This is going for a more like low level dread, I guess. Um, but I, I, you know, I didn't didn't feel any dread. Uh, yeah, it, it's quake. Yep. But uh, yeah, first uh, the first two episodes I feel like are pretty good. Episode one especially is like just great. Uh, episode two I think starts really strong, ends a little weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, three is like a kind of just a nothing to me and four sucks four sucks uh yeah uh, i like turn three just fine i didn't think they were like one once again the shareware levels uh john romero designed them fucking incredible yep and they're sick yep 
Um, and then, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, episode four is mostly Sandy Pearson, who designed most of the levels that suck in Doom 2. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, this was the thing. I was like, oh, why did this level suck so much? And I looked up and I was like, oh, this is the guy that just designs the levels I hate. Uh, yep. Just has completely different sensibilities to me in terms of, like, what I want from these shooters. Oh, uh, you made a big fucking maze, didn't you? Great. Also, he loves Lovecraft. He loves Lovecraft. The Lovecraft stuff in this kind of... I think it hurts, because, like... When it's like knights that are like weird, like are they ghosts? Are they demons? Are they well, like what? Why is there a knight attacking me? Like it's never really talked about. When it just becomes like weird flesh beasts, I think it's less interesting because they're not. They're not like there's like the big leaping guy that's basically just the the pinky demon. Like yes. you just rip that out of doom. But the big lightning guy or like the weird blue blobs at the end or the final boss, like none of those are like good designs to me. The blobs, are the big flying bad. things are like not interesting. Um, I just don't think they do like fleshy body horror stuff good enough in these, in this game. No, I, and like, you'll have to tell me, I guess, um, cause I don't know where Lovecraft was in the nineties. Where was this like, would this have been more novel? Was this, was this like not after literally every nerd had gone on about Lovecraft for 20 years? I guess I, I don't I don't know. know. I, don't I, know. I wasn't really aware of Lovecraft at this point. When I look at this, I think of like where horror movies are at like i'm like hellraiser was years ago this is this is not doing hellraiser in the way you'd want like but i don't know how much that's a pull for the people making this game or like gaming culture at the time um just because my my interests were different i was not this kind of nerd i assume it was like not as mainstream as it is now but was you know like because lovecraft comes as a D, right like and uh this, that's why Stranger Things is a bunch of Lovecraft stuff. So it must have been a part of 80s nerd pop culture as well. So this is this is fairly trodden ground by 96, I guess. Uh. Yeah, that checks out to me. Because, yeah, you're like going through and you're like, I can't, I'm not going to say the name of the final boss out loud because it's a Lovecraft thing because he's like this. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, surely you're not supposed to say it the way it, it is spelled <laughs> in the thing. Yes, you are. Because that's bad. And uh, people definitely have walked around like, you know, it's it's not, it, it was not given a pronunciation guide. So people were like, this is how you say it, where it doesn't sound like you're saying the N-word. Uh, <laughs> but then you have to have the conversation at all. Embarrassing. I was I was looking at forums today of people, someone like being like, this is just an unfortunate accident. Uh, Lovecraft, none of the other Lovecraft gods are named like this. So why would this one be weird and bad? Like, clearly that's not the case. I'm like, dude, have you, have, do you know what he named his cat? <laughs> number one trivia point about Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah. These, these were forms from like 10 years ago, so maybe okay. they didn't know, but I bet they, I bet they knew. I bet you could find that stuff out. I, people knew. It was known. I it just, was known. I just, it, Lovecraft is a thing I didn't know about until it was everywhere, and at that point I was like, I don't want to read this. It's, you know, I, um, so I guess I just don't have the framework for this. I just don't know. Yep. I, you know, I, I liked when there was a the big uh, ancient demon in Hellboy, the first Hellboy movie. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Hellboy is sick though. Yeah, I know. Uh, so yeah, that stuff that stuff is just lost on me. And then uh, the actual final boss is like an interesting idea that's really poorly executed. You get to the final stage or whatever, and it's just like this pool where this big like tentacle blob is sitting, and you can't damage it, and it's just spawning enemies over and over again. Um, and if you climb up the stairs around its chamber, there's there's a portal, and the portal takes you to wherever this like floating ball is in the in the environment. It just like warps you to it. 
you're like, well, I don't really understand what you're doing, what I'm doing here, or whatever. And the thing you're supposed to do, um, but the game has never like made this a thing. I know it's a thing in the multiplayer that you can do, but you go into the portal right when the ball, spike ball is like floating through the boss because it does that, and you will telefrag the boss. But uh, telefragging is a multiplayer mechanic, not a thing that people knew about if you just played the single player. No. <laughs> it's some extreme, like, you have to shoot, uh, you know, in behind the wall where the Doom 2 boss is to hit John Romero's head bullshit. And it's also like, you see this floating thing, you've no idea what it does, so you shoot the floating thing at first, and you're like, well, do I, do I damage this because I'm not damaging the boss? Do I have to get through all the guys? What am I doing here? And then you go through the teleporter one time, and the, 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 the like, orb is floating above lava, so you go through and you just hit lava once, and you're like, I guess it teleports me to lava, and it's like a trap. Don't go through here. Like, I, I went through that when I was fighting the um, big, like, ice guy, and I got, like, thrown back and went through, and then being in love is like oh this is like a kind of hazard i guess um and i just went back and forth and i had no idea i you know i kept trying to shoot the orb but that did nothing and then eventually just had to look up up and was like oh okay I, this game has not been about puzzles in this way so no 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 out of nowhere we we didn't have the time to like design an extra enemy for the final boss yeah and it's weird because, like, there is another boss in the game. At the end of episode one, there's, like, a big demon sitting in this lava pit. And you have to press two switches to lower these, like, spires down. And then you hit a third switch and it causes electricity to arc between the two of them. And you have to, you know, hit the boss with the electricity a couple times and it explodes. And you, you move on. Um, and it's, like, a, it's like not a great boss, but it is extremely, like, just a Zelda, like, puzzle boss in a way that, like, is very forthright and makes sense and easy to do. You just run around and hit the switches while he throws, like, you know, fireballs at you or whatever. And then they forget about it for the rest of the game. And then there's this one at the end that's like a radically different mechanical thing that they've never shown you or asked you to do. It's like you're telefragging guys in the rest of the game. No. And yeah, we haven't been like, I guess that's like a, uh, you know, Easter egg thing, right? Like, you know, a telefrag yeah. is now you can do it to the final boss of the game. Like, oh, I, I see I mean, how yeah, that, is, that happens. This is extremely the era in which like the expectation of people's finishing the campaigns doesn't exist, right? Yes. Like, yes. You, you you paid for it, thank, hopefully, you know, you got more than the shareware, but you, you probably don't finish it. You're just mostly playing multiplayer. Who cares? Mm -hmm. um, but it's just not, it's just not the way we do this stuff, right? No. Yeah. I mean, we play, you know, we play games in a different way to the, as was expected of this kind of stuff at the time. Yeah. Partially that's just us. Um, partially that's time, right? Like, you know. I don't, I don't think both. a lot of people are going back and playing all four episodes in the final boss of Quake in 2021, right? Mm -hmm. But also the expectation of most games these days is that you're going to finish them unless they're like an MMO. So, About like, you know, that's kind of the expectation of like the games. We just played Suikoden from the, a year before and that's a game to be finished. Like, yeah, we yeah. just played RPGs. are different, obviously, but yeah. But there is a point in which... Games that were not like story games specifically were not assumed that people were going to finish them, and that expectation I think changed a lot over the last fifteen years or so. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's putting out gears assuming you're not going to see the end of the story. No, no, absolutely not. But like definitely back in the day, right? People didn't finish games. You bought games, you played them, you you know you didn't finish them. Yeah. Why no one works on the back half of a game in from between the years nineteen ninety five and two thousand and six? No, between the years nineteen eighty and two thousand six. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, do we have anything else about Quake specifically? No, I don't think so. I think we've got some emails and then that's it. 
we're at emails. If you'd like to send us emails, you can do that at podcast at abnormalmapping.com. They can be about anything uh, game related. Uh, I guess you could ask us emails about anything. We will funnel them into the appropriate show. Um, but for this show, you should send them about video games or video game culture. <laughs> yes. Uh, would you like to go first? Yeah, so our first email uh, comes in from Alex. Uh, and they say, they had a great time with Quake. Uh, inclusion of 3D to the space of what shooters can be uh, feels really good. There's one uh, level in episode 3 called Tomb of Terror. There's just three or four loops around a central hub to actually open the end of the level. It's great. That level is really good. That is a, that is a sick level. Um, seeing the architecture is weird because there are design elements here that later show up in later games but also use Quake engines. Jedi Outcast absolutely has sloped in walls that show up in this game. Yeah, it really does. Um, it's funny how these uh, sound effects show up in a bunch of other games too. Um, they, they also played the two mission packs. We did not. No. And interesting. They were like, you know, new interpretations on what Quake was. Uh, and their questions are, man, Lovecraft really didn't name that being that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Did. Yep. Yeah. You can Google it if you want. It's exactly what you think it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you think there should have been more puzzle bosses at like the end of the first episode? Um, I say yes, but I, I just, it just, I think... Uh, Fundamentally, what I want is a different game, and that game exists. It's called Metroid Prime. It's pretty good. <laughs> this game really made me understand, like, oh, Metroid Prime comes out of someone playing Quake and going, we could do this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it does directly, but, like, I understand how the year is 1999, you're talking to Nintendo, and you pitch on 3D Metroid, because it's right here. Like, I, it's not in the game, but knowing and connecting the dots, right, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, does the jump feel good? And uh, that depends if you're moving. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moving I mean, jump's really good. It's it's like a really kinetic jump. It, it's not super precise. Um, I don't feel like it has a ton of weight to it, but the ways in which uh, it, it's like slightly bigger than you'd think it would be, um, and it's not floaty at all. It's like a really like it's a it's a it's a movement jump is really good. It, it is a jump to like extend your horizontal movement. It is not a jump yes. to like get up. Yeah. Uh, which is a key adjustment you have to make when you see some level designs and it's like a tiny little bit. Like, can I can I fucking get up there? No. Well, then no. then you use all of your rockets and grenades to go up instead. Oh, I never did a rocket jump in this game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The grenades do do it too. Uh, yeah. They're harder. They're harder to uh, obviously you have to be where the grenade falls, but um, they will also do it. Um, mm -hmm. There's one level that you can only get into by rocket jumping. It's the only part where you have to do it in the game. There's like a portal like sideways on a wall that you have to rocket jump into to get to one of those, the, the, the war, uh, episode four secret level. Yeah, that makes sense. Secret levels in this game are not very interesting other than the first one, which is like a low gravity level. It's really weird because you just jump like a hundred feet into the air and all the enemies kind of do too. Yes. And it's just this huge vertical like puzzle, like maze. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have thoughts about the jump or are you good? It's fine. I just, I eventually was like, you know, I want to get up here, but I never can. But it's for jumping between like his platforms, not for, uh, okay. doing, getting up. Um, Dia, uh, on the men doing let's plays again. Uh, you know, congratulations to Dia for being a cyborg now, uh, wrote in with another nightmare of this is Ranger. I assume from like Quake Four or something, right? Or Quake uh, Quake Live? Is that the Champions? I don't remember what the game that didn't really do anything was. Um, that's a. This is, I think, the Quake Three design. I don't. This is a modern render of the Quake Three main guy. I think. Yes. 
Uh, Dia asks, does Ranger have a belly button? Slash, is he a live birth? I feel like those are related questions. Uh, Ranger's a man, so yes. Yes. Um, does he have nipples? Uh, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yeah. Does Doom Guy? I'm going to say no. Doom Guy has nipples? Nah. Nah? Nah. Nah, okay. Uh, does Master Chief? He, he, he used to. Probably not anymore. All of these people have nipples. Nah. Master Chief got him shot off or something. <laughs> not with his massive green armor he didn't. You don't know. Isn't the whole thing that like half the Spartans died in the Spartan training because it's so hard to be a Spartan? Uh, we got a correction about that uh, from our friend Richard. What happened there is that when they're thirteen, they all like go for their like augmented enhancements, and like sixty percent of them just become weird, you know, shrieking messes of people where the enhancements did did not work. It's bad. It's bad to be a Spartan. Fair None enough. of this is in the game. <laughs> uh, do you want to read Misty's email? Uh, yes. Hello, I'm listening to the show. I love it. Uh, I'm a mail carrier and having a good pod to listen to my route keeps me sane. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, thank you. I Thank you for delivering the mail, which uh, is a hard job. I assume it's only gotten worse. Uh, yes. Uh, our mail's gotten extremely slipshod over the past year. Um, and glad you can help. Well, listening to podcasts while you're working is literally why I got into podcasts. Still listen to for the same reason. Yep. Uh, I never played Quake before this, but I've always been a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. I think having them do the soundtrack was a great choice. Uh, the creepy ambient industrial tone uh, fit the game so well. If you had to pick an artist from outside the the game soundtrack world to rescore a game, what would your ideal artist game combo be? Whew. All right, who's who's doing the ska game, Jackson? <laughs> no one. Like it doesn't. It... <sighs> you don't want like a Streetlight Manifesto, Final Fantasy. <laughs> outside the world of um because the problem is like those kind of bands just one note and the games are too big yeah fair enough i guess that makes sense um it's why the albums are like 40 minutes long at maximum yeah no fair enough but uh i i didn't i didn't know this i did not prep the question so i don't have a great answer coming to me um once again i forget all things in my mind um, well, this you is sure a little do. bit more like I, you know, I know a lot of artists, but I don't know who would be like good as like a scorer for video games. Okay. Uh, what if we just had a Dave Rogers racing game, though? What if I could just get my Eurobeat in my directly from my video game from the I source? Mean, that'd be pretty sick. That would be pretty sick. I can't, I can't argue with this. Yeah. I, ju- I just think people should be more interested, like more experimental with their uh, music scores. One of the things I like about Halo is not the terrible tinkly Halo theme. It's whenever Halo is just kind of like noodling with like a vaguely like jazzy like background track. Like, wh- where's like my funk Metroid? Um, where's where's rap Final Fantasy? That'd be so corny and bad if the it is people... cor- like I like Black Materia. It's super corny, but it's, <laughs> they should make that into the video game. I agree. I agree. Kingdom Hearts doesn't even have Disney songs, and it's a Disney game. Yeah, fucked up. I mean, like I know occasionally it does, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I just think it'd be more interesting to experiment with the stuff than people do. Like every video game soundtrack is going for the sound of a sound, like a video game soundtrack, or like pulling specifically like licensed music. I just think it'd be cool to collaborate in more interesting ways than that. Mm-hmm. 
And in that instance, like the Quake soundtrack, like I'm not like super into it, but I think it's like a good tonal shift from like Doom, especially like uh, it has such a different sound profile and does change the mood of the game fundamentally from what Doom is. Uh, it's kind of why I'm surprised the game is not scary because the soundtrack's like a pretty good horror soundtrack. Uh, the game's just not that. <laughs> no. I uh, got one from Will. Um, how do you feel about Halo 3 being more restrictive with invisible walls and ceilings than Halo 2 was? A lot of my friends are really frustrated with it, but I think 3 is just a better campaign. I don't really care about much running around on rooftops or whatever. Thanks. Why would I spend my time going where the game doesn't want me to in a Halo game? Or any shooter, really? Yeah, these are games about moving through, like, direct... So, I understand feeling limited, but in that case, like, play a different game. Like, Halo's about following the guy to the next cutscene trigger and shooting guys on the way. Yeah there's nothing there right like it's not like you're like finding in secrets by going up walls it's not it's there not are occasionally skulls you can find but that is it yeah okay yeah i just it, this is so antithetical that i play this sort of game yeah no i'm, I'm with you like I, I didn't even know i wouldn't even known i go the way i'm meant to go in halo game yep i did not feel invisible barriers in three at all so uh we got the next question from santo who asks, what Quake monster is your favorite, and which one would you try to make friends with before it inevitably kills you? My favorite is probably the knight guy, like just the knight who, whose sword shoots like flaming bolts at you. That guy's pretty cool. The fucking guy. Um, the one I try to make friends with before it kills me is probably the weird floating flesh, like, manta ray. Mm-hmm. I'd probably make friends with the, um, the big, uh, like, you know, the big snow monster. Oh, yeah, lightning boy. Lightning Boy. Yeah. Uh, Anna writes in, I've been playing through Resident Evil 4 for the first time recently and was curious what you think about both the game and the series. Um, I know Jackson doesn't tend to enjoy horror uh, media, so maybe this is more for him. You're in luck, actually. Uh, let me finish the question, actually. This is my first time playing RE, and it's made me want to go back and try the older ones, especially the original and remake. The older style and atmosphere seems fun, even if they play pretty differently. Thanks for all the work you both do. Thank you. Um Jackson loves Resident Evil 4. I don't, I, so, I mean, so here's the thing. Uh, Resident Evil is unquestionably the most for-me game ever made, apart from the fact where I'm a baby. But design-wise, t- Tank Controls Resident Evil is the greatest game ever made. We, we need to get Jackson to play through Resident Evil at some point. It's just so true. I have played so through half of the first game. Uh, yeah. on playstation specifically i played the um gamecube version and i was terrified could could yes. not make it through that but I've the gamecube version is le- legitimately like the one of the scariest games that's not like a jump scare game ever made yes like it's they really went all out yeah uh, whereas like i played uh uh the playstation game fairly recently uh got to the um room with the sharks so about halfway through i'm told that is yeah and, uh I I loved it. I had a great time. Like I, it was scary, and I wasn't like enjoying long stretches right in the way I would for something more, more relaxing. But uh, those games are in- incredible, and I will definitely one day push through and actually just finish the PlayStation games. Yeah. Uh, whether I do the GameCube one, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, 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 did you have more? I was going to transition to four specifically, but I didn't know if you. Okay. Had. I just want to say, um, despite the fact that I don't really talk about it much, I feel like this is the case of anything I like. I just never talk about it. Yes. <laughs> I um, I loved Resident Evil. Uh, I played the remake when it came out, and then they put out everything on GameCube at that point. And I played through everything that was released on GameCube. Um, 
you know, including uh, like four, I got to four at the end. Like I played zero and everything through Code Veronica at that point. Uh, Code Veronica is my favorite, probably. Um, I just think it's weird. Uh, I mean, it is weird, but I just think the like 3D environments and like the story and what you're doing is like more interesting than a lot of the other ones. Um, but then I played four and four is a different thing. And I, I like four. I respect four a lot. I don't love it the way everyone else does because I think moving away from puzzle horror resident evil is like just ge generically a step backwards across the board for me but resident evil 4 is a great game i'm not here to say it's like bad or anything uh resident evil 4 is um i wouldn't guess if i'd call it like a masterpiece or anything but it's a it's a classic to me uh yeah. i love it yeah i like absolutely i took like 20 hours playing that game i remember when i finished that game in like 2014 or whatever and you saw my completion time and we're like what the fuck were you doing yeah, I have no idea how you spent that long. <laughs> I mean, I played the Resident Evil 4 a couple times. And by the end of that, I was playing that game in like six, seven hours, I feel like. So. Yes. Um, I think of uh, Resident Evil 4 in the same way as like a game like Snake Eater. Uh, like it's a very focused like uh, roller coaster type game. There are brief light exploration and puzzle things like the old games, right? But uh, it is primarily about funneling you uh, through all these bespoke set pieces. Um, yeah. And uh, I think as one of those, it's a, it's a excellent. I miss it. I miss that kind of game. Yeah. Uh, for me, I um, I played all those, and then five, like the demo for five came out, and I played the demo, and I was like, wait a second, this is even more in the direction I didn't want. Like I was like, oh, four is going a little too far. I hope they rein it back in. They did not rein it back in. They doubled down on all the stuff I didn't like. Um, and this is before, like, it was a different era. Like my perception of like, ah, oh, this is definitely a super racist game was not like a thing that would have stopped me from playing it. Probably if it was a game I liked a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, Resident Evil Five. They remake that now. They're gonna have to fucking throw the whole thing away. <laughs> I can't believe they skipped uh, Code Veronica because that's the one that it's the next. It's an it's an important part of the story. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's arguably more important than 4 is, so... Nothing happens in 4! Yeah. Um, and so I kind of fell off of Resident Evil at that point. Like, I I, I never played 6. I recently got 6. Me and Jax are going to play it probably at some point. That's going to be fun. Because um, you can co-op that. And I bought Resident Evil 2 Remake just over, like, a holiday sale. I was like, you know what? It's time to get back in. But 7, being in first person, was too much for me. I don't like first person horror games. They freak me out too much. Um, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've gotten jumpier about games particularly. Um, like horror movies and media doesn't bother me, but games specifically just really just make, like, they're just unpleasant for me to go through uh, yeah. horror-wise. Um, I'm hoping to, like, break myself out of it a little bit because there's a lot of good horror stuff out there. I just, I really hate jump scares and I just don't like first-person horror that much. Um, and seeing that 8 is going to be another one of those, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. But if you're interested in playing more Resident Evil, go back and play the original. Uh, you can play Remake, obviously. Uh, if you do that, I highly recommend you take the time to get used to the tank controls and play it that way. Um, I know they have an option to play like a more normal, traditional analog control scheme. I just think it makes the game worse. I'm, I'm a big stickler for this. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about this more next month. <laughs> uh, but uh, it... It is important. The shifting camera angles it like grounds you. It takes a while to get used to you, but it grounds you in the like the way you control yourself through the space in a way that like it will feel more efficient later on as you get used to it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read Thomas's email? Yeah, I'll read Thomas's email. Um, 
Hello, I'm Normal Mapping Crew. When the service for the OG Xbox went off in 2010, players who did not disconnect from the server kept playing for almost a month. That's true. When the 360 service for Halo games, including Halo 3, go offline later this year, um, how long do you think players connected to the server will keep the game on online? I don't think they will. Uh, the Xbox 360 architecture is different from the original Xbox. Um, that Yes, it is different. Uh, and these games have already seen re-release on PC and the new Xbox consoles. What if the other and under on how long the pr- pr- proud few Xbox 360 fam will keep these games alive after this December? I think for the reasons you've stated out, uh, very little. Yeah, um, you can just play Halo 3 right now. It, it runs great. Also, Anyone who still cares about Halo enough, I think, just got a different Xbox, right, at some point? Yes. Also, uh, Xbox, the Xbox 360 Xbox Live is not going down. The Bungie net is what's going down. So, like, there's a slight different situation. Mm. Um, so I don't think it'll. I don't think there'll be like hangers on playing Halo Three because you know I can go. We can go play Halo Three. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, some questions from Eric here. Uh, would Quake have been better or worse with a Doom's colorful aesthetic? Um, probably worse. Like we've complained about it. Like yeah, not... I think I think I'd like it more, but it'd be worse. I think it'd be worse off for it. I think considering how the game is basically identical to Doom in every single design way, they have. Th- done an amazing job at like making the right small changes both in design focus the 3d spaces and tonally to make it like incredibly distinct even though it's a it's a set you know you're collecting keys to go through doors like it's the same game mm-hmm. um i think i remember halo 3's a big back of the box feature was environmental objects you could place in the battlefield and multiplayer like shields and maybe bounce pads do these show up in the campaign and if so do they impact the fighting in any significant way you can always throw down a shield in Halo. I was really bad at it. Jackson was much more on point about doing that. Yeah, that was the equipment was the big um, back of box feature, but it doesn't really matter in the campaign. Um, it's really annoying when the enemies do it. You're like, man, this guy's bound to shield. Are you kidding <laughs> yes. me right now? Yes. Um, do you have thoughts on the Halo series secret skulls that can be found on locks special cheats or extra difficulty options? What does the game gain from hiding them in the levels instead of allowing them to be options on a menu? Or alternatively, what does the game gain from having the secret collectible treasures unlock difficulty options instead of just being secrets for their own sakes? Uh, we've played three Halo games. I haven't run across a single skull in these. Is this, is, was this in or- every game? No, yes, they're already unlocked in uh, the Master Chief Collection. You just have them. Oh, uh, Okay. Um, because for this exact reason, there is no, there's exploring Halo levels is not interesting. They hide them in weird places because there's there's nowhere but the main line to put. You know, like where where are the secret areas in Halo, right? Like yes. Uh, so yes, they should just be options on a menu. I mean, the thing is, I I like the idea of like you're you're rewarded for exploring areas, but then I think of like the for some reason the game that always comes to mind is Alan Wake, where you just have to go places where like the very propulsive story is not driving you to pick up stupid pages and thermoses. It's like, god damn it, I don't want to do any of this. Yes. Uh, hey folks, I loved Halo Three back in the day. I still go through it from time to time. My question is, what is your favorite Halo Three weapon setup and why? Uh, single player, multiplayer, whatever. I want to know what player style suits you all best. Neil. Well. It is the battle rifle and the shotgun. <laughs> um, is the battle rifle the three shot? Yes. Yes. That's clearly the best rifle, period. No question about it. No question. Um, and then and then I, I actually prefer the sword. I think the sword's really sick. Even the lesser version of the sword in this game, it's fucking great. I love the sword. This is why it worked out for us, you being the Arbiter and uh, me being the <laughs> yes. Chief. Because sometimes I would spawn with a shotgun and you'd spawn with a uh, uh, sword in the areas where they dictate you to have the that weapon. Um, yes. But it's those two, right? It's it's an it's the good the best rifle and then the short range weapon. 
I know that, like, you know, in multiplayer there are some sniper gods, but I, I was never one of them. I've never been a good sniper. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy a sniper rifle. I just feel like Halo's bad for it because the encounters are always such where, like, once you get one or two off, the enemies are rushing you anyway, and you don't have time to, like, set up positions. Also, blind firing the sniper rifle in Halo is not very good. Like, no. there's some games that can pull it off, but this is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um. We have an email from Elliot. Growing up, I remember Halo 3 and Modern Warfare 2 being the games everyone at school became ill all of a sudden for. To the point that before Modern Warfare 2 came out, our school had an assembly preemptively calling out kids that planned on skipping a few days. <laughs> Did either of you two ever have games that you pulled a sick day for? Uh, love all your working pods. Um, I don't... Games were not big in this way. Like, like Xbox Live barely existed by the time I left high school. I graduated in 2004. Like, people were... Pl- I played Halo in college a little bit. Halo 2. Multiplayer with some friends. I was like, I don't really understand shooters. I'd never really played a shooter at that point. So, um, I didn't play much of it. Um, so, this is kind of a thing that's, like, totally foreign to me. I think I might have taken a day off of Final Fantasy IX. But that's I, it. I've got a... I've got a kind of embarrassing answer. Okay. Um, so I, I, I took, I took a lot of days off of school. I wasn't like skipping, but I was definitely, I hated school. I was bullied a lot, awful place. So I would play up any excuse to not go. Um, yeah. Like it wasn't like full making it up usually, but, um, you know. I definitely have made up sick day. Usually mine was, I was staying up late being online just generally. It was not video game related. I was also like stressed and frail enough in my teens that I could just like make myself sick. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah in your teens in my teens now i'm just like stressed you know i'm way better but uh at the same time way worse it is what it is anyway um two games i actually took days off for the first one was probably faking sick day the second one was in like the sixth form college so i could just like not go and for a day and be like (laughs) they let you have so long as you had attended uh all but two of your uh classes uh in uh sixth form uh every uh two week periods uh you would get your uh little like payment bonus if you were poor so i that translated to i have two free lessons off every two weeks uh i'm a great student anyway uh what i'm saying is i took time off mass effect two and three (laughs) okay fair enough Uh, but on the mass effect two day which i did take off uh i was playing mass effect one still (laughs) oh my god because i had to i had i didn't complete veteran in time to get the proper imports it ended up not mattering. Idiot. Weird. Weird that it didn't matter. But I did get the N7 gamer pick. It's totally valuable now, but I hate Mass Effect and everything it stands for. Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do you want to read Jonathan's email? I'll read Jonathan's email. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk about your approaches to handheld gaming a bit more. Of I, We would love to. Uh, when selecting what title to play handheld versus traditionally, are there criteria you use? Uh, are there exceptions? Um, I've been... In- enjoying playing PSX and Dreamcast RPGs on my uh, P-Boy DMG. I, d- I don't know what that is, but I assume that's one of the ones... I assume that's that... a Raspberry Pi emulator. Oh, Pi Boy. Pi Boy. Yes. Yeah. I was like, is, is that like a, one of those things that all those YouTube channels review? And I go, eh, they're not there yet. <laughs> uh, uh, but for some reason, um, uh, FF7 has to be on a TV for me with a CLT filter. That's, that's me. I'm just like that. Uh, thanks for the pods. I'm looking forward to the Quake coverage. Um, a PS with the treatment in Halo 3 is the arbiter of the most wasted character in all video games. Yes. 
It's it's remarkable in which a game that's about like two characters like finding common cause despite their cultures being at war. There's never scenes where they are talking to each other about this or about their cultural differences or about like their burgeoning like friendship. Nothing. There's nothing. They're just silent going through these spaces. It's terrible. Yes. I don't think like Master Chief's an interesting character, but he giving him anything, even if it's generic tough guy, uh, like, you know, personality would be something to hold on to when you and the alien that you were fighting to the death of the last game are now working together this entire game. Yeah. You're the uh, reason anyway. he like lost his command. Yeah. Um, any for handheld stuff, this is interesting because uh, this will come up a bit next month, or I guess we'll just talk about it here. I started Kodelka. I hacked my Vita to play Kodelka. Uh, that was a whole ordeal on its own, whatever. Um, but it, it was done, and I started playing. And I was like, this this game is like so like you know uh, texture rich in terms of its like polygons and pure under backgrounds. Like I'm, I'm this screen's too small for this. And I've switched to playing it on my PC, which I don't normally do. I work, uh, you know, a 40 hour a week and I record all weekend podcasts. So I'm at my computer too much. I hate sitting here. Uh, but this is what I've been doing for Kadoka. Um, and it's fine. It, like it looks much better. And I'm, I, and it's very frustrating to me because I like handheld gaming. That's what I prefer to be playing most games on. The problem is a lot of the games I'm interested in at this point are, they're just on the Switch where they run like shit. Uh, or they don't exist on those platforms. Or I have to like load them into an emulator and that's like wonky and frustrating. Um, I feel like in many ways I've tapped out a lot of the bigger portable games that I want to play. Um, I hope the Switch Pro has like good controls and feels good to use because damn i just don't like my switch that's a big part of it like vita and 3ds love those consoles yeah like we are both pro handhelds um i don't yeah. use mine as much as i have my pc hooked up to my tv so i can emulate everything from my sofa um yeah and uh I like, it's a good setup wouldn't trade it for the world uh so like that's how i tend to play a lot of games but like before i had that right i would always play something i had it if i could if i can play it in bed I can play the game in bed you're telling me i can be in bed playing a video game perfect Mwah. Mm-hmm. um but the part where there is no good handheld console anymore is a real bummer yeah switch ain't doing it nope i don't think i don't think giving it more power is gonna do it like they really need to fix controllers and just the type of game that i liked playing is basically gone is also a big problem Right, because back in the day, they would make a game for the handheld and not just yeah. kind of like awkwardly port the better version to the play portable version. Yeah. Um, it's disappointing. Yeah. We've got an email from uh, Wudaba. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Quake. It's a favorite of mine. And if you didn't, I hope you enjoyed the feeling of eviscerating a game and then having someone say that letters. <laughs> I always feel bad. But honestly... Um, if people like to pick apart a thing I don't like or I like but do it well, I always enjoy that, you know? Um, I, yeah, we liked Quake. Quake was pretty good. So you're, you're safe this time. Um, until dusk, I hadn't really played a game like Quake where, you know, all the FPSs of the time were a lot heavier and lacked the weightless movement of Quake that lets you bound around maps so freely. Bunny hopping through levels, firing off projectile weapons, the platonic ideal of an FPS to me. Um, What's better to you, the grenade launcher or the rocket launcher? And are the ogres bad? Uh, I, I, grenade launcher is more interesting. Yes. Uh, it is disappointing um, that the rocket launcher is so much like objectively better because I think yes. that the grenade launcher is the best weapon in Quake. Um, and I wish the game was more designed around the, the eccentricities of having a ricochet weapon. 
Yes. That one, it's like, I think it's an act one where there's like the guy, uh, the grenade guy behind like the bars and you, you can shoot a grenade through the bars and hit him. It's so good. That's just yes. like the ideal scenario. Yes, absolutely. Um, the ogres are annoying. I assume that's the big lightning guys. I don't like them very much. That would be my bet as well. Uh, also, Halo 3 questions. Scarab battles. Good or not good? Sick. They're, good. They're pretty sick. Uh, I think the I think the escape from the exploding scarab is not very like well done. I think the like scripting on that is too slow, but it's fine. Uh, well, the thing about it is they have to be scripted for one player as well. They're way harder when you can't just have me drive you up to the scarab. Yes, that's true. <laughs> because the scarab requires me to be driving around the scarab and you to be shooting at its legs. So, yeah. uh, like shooting it with a warthog um, is difficult. Like if you're doing the single player, you're either like trying to get up to like a jump on the top. Um, it's it's way harder in single player, so they're like categorically yeah. different battles. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read uh, Anthony's email? I will read Anthony's email. Uh, have you played any of the recent resurgence of boomer shooters or doom likes? Did you enjoy any of them? Uh, Dusk is really good. And for Halo, did you play any weird custom modes? No, I did not play nope. any. We just played single player. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around to this because I want to talk about it at the very end. Okay. Because I did think I've been thinking about this, um, but. Uh, no, I've been busy playing all the, the original old school shooters. <laughs> yep. Um, it does, does seem cool. I played Devil Daggers, which is, doesn't... It's a roguelike, so it's not the same thing, but it was fun. Um, yep. felt like I remember play. when that came out, I was looking at that, I was like, I can just go play Hexen or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I should do that. Uh, but I do know there has been, like, discourse about the name Boomer Shooters, people being annoyed, and I'm like, it's a good name for them. They're Boomer Shooters. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a great name. Yeah. It's fine. I don't, I don't, they're shooters for old people who want games like they used to be. Like, it, it's fine. I don't think that's, like, we have to accept that Boomer is a state of mind. We all live there sometimes. We like things that are old because they remind us of the old things we liked. I just downloaded a ROM hack uh, and a proper CRT filter so I can maybe play Final Fantasy 1 on the NES at some point this year. Like, God. Boomer. <laughs> Um, we've got an email from Steph here. Uh, is there space for a Quake reboot in a post-Doom reboot world? That the technolo- technological leap that arguably just defines the difference between the original games, would it be possible to avoid the trap that many said of Quake originally, that it's simply Doom but brown? <laughs> it seems to me that Doom 2016 already mixes enough of the design of Quake into its formula that a theoretical Quake revival doesn't really have much space to maneuver in. Considering Quake's own identity crisis beyond this point, uh, subsequent narrative games focusing on essentially unrelated and maybe not that interesting Strog setting, is Quake much more than simply a name at this point? Would love to hear your thoughts on what Quake could uniquely offer, if anything. Though, go back and try the original. It's interesting. Maybe good enough. That's true. That's true. Um, I think I think if they reconfigured this to be more about the RPG elements that they originally dropped, it'd be interesting. But I don't think I want id doing that because id is not the people who are going to make that smart. They're just going to put upgrade trees in it. I I think that id had the right idea though for like what is the identity to Quake, and the answer is uh, Quake is the deathmatch game. <laughs> Doom's the game yeah. with campaigns. Uh, Quake is the you know Phobos. Uh, like. They they just made one that failed. Like Quake Champions didn't do very well. Yeah, uh, they tried it and it didn't go well. But I think that was like on a wide scale the way to bring back Quake is to focus on the deathmatch stuff because yeah, uh, that's the legacy I, of Quake. When I just think of like if you want to take Quake One, like the, the the mood and setting and make a modern game about it, like the, the thing that comes out the other end is like what's the what's the first person shooter version of like a FromSoft game? What does it even look like? Ooh. 
but I, I think that's know. the direction you have to head in, right? Like it's a, it actually ends up being like a weirdly slower game because it's more about like difficult, weird enemies, single battles, and then like the upgrade trees, like or not upgrade tree, but like the RPG mechanics of like building a character out. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, get, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a problem that anyone in game spaces has solved how to make a shooter RPG. This is not about the, the gun does five more points of damage per bullet. It is really hard because like the re the thing that like Souls games, right. Lean into is being able to av- avoid attacks against single enemies. That's yeah. a thing that, uh, shooters were trying to solve for years and have now given up on trying to solve for longer than they were actually attempting. Yeah. Um, like, uh, it's that's a whole different world. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. I could see like a slightly darker and s- s- more combat orientated like Metroid Prime type game, though. Yeah, for sure. Someone's got to make a Metroid Prime. It's sure not going to be Nintendo at this point. <laughs> uh, what are Retro doing? Uh, restaffing. Restaffing. It's I. Everyone's been like, "Oh, Metro Prime Four is not coming out. It's been so long." No, since the since they re- like they gave it to Retro, it's been the normal amount of time you'd expect. It's just unfair. It fell on them. Like, hey, I mean, when they announced Metro Prime Four, they had they had a logo. They didn't have shit. No, but it was with a different team. It was being. Oh, made. I know, but I just mean, I mean, like. This was Nintendo doing the thing that Nintendo has gotten better about, except in this one instance of showing a game that didn't exist yet. Breath of the Wild, I- coming to the, the Wii U. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Please buy uh, a Wii U. Do you want to read uh, Dan's email? Uh, I'll read Dan's email. My friends and I were big into playing UT over land at school. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so although I have played Quake, I never really much did much multiplayer. And unlike UT, I don't have a lot of fun memories of Quake. Uh, what, if any, Unreal tournaments have you played? And how do you think it uh, compared to Quake? Uh, nothing here. Nothing. I, Quake was the one on my school, so I, I played Quake. Um also saw you were looking for Halo 3 questions, so how's this hypothetical? Instead of the 343 games, you are approached by Microsoft and asked to make the next Halo game. What is the story, and how do you change the mechanics? It's uh, about the Arbiter. It's about the Arbiter. It's instantly about the Arbiter. It's about the Arbiter, yeah. I Mechanically, I don't think... The thing about the bungee games is that they're really fucking good. I don't think you have to change a whole lot about them. Uh, I, would just, I would just make the character talk while you're in the video game and make a better story, like any story, please. Yeah, it's make the character talk while you're in the video game, make a better story, and I think if you're going to design a new trilogy, like you have to design a new suite of like enemies. Uh, but if you're playing as the Arbiter, you don't necessarily have to go as far because like it's weird when you come to Halo. Oh, it'd be 4. really great if you had just a game about like killing space marines, right? Like that'd be sick. That'd be sick. But also like post three, right? That's like a Covenant civil war. He has to reunite everything now that the oh, Covenant sure. falling apart. I right? just I want a mission. I want I, maybe ODST does this. I want a, I want a Halo game to figure out that it's fun to sneak up on guys and stab them in the back with your energy sword and i would like to do that to a bunch of marines in halo um I'm, i think they'll figure that out too late and you'll get really bad stealth sequences yeah um but i, I don't know I, I don't remember anything like this yep no i i kind of didn't suspect so but um i think there's i think there's framework to make interesting situations like that um there's like l- brief flashes of style sequences in halo as we're already playing them and they're just mm-hmm. not like they're not interesting and they fall apart the minute you take your first action basically yeah they're just like first like allow you to set up your position basically yeah um either from like a ridge with a sniper and take yeah. the first shot or with like a brief active camo charge yeah, I think it'd be interesting if you created a framework by which, if you did it right, you could just end an entire combat encounter without the enemy knowing you were there until it's already too late. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I don't know how you do that without making the game about that. I mean, then it becomes like Dishonored. I mean, I fucking love Dishonored, so yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm playing Arbiter Dishonored game. Shit. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Uh, we have email from Cormac. Uh, what health system do you prefer, Quake or Halo 3? Um, Halo 3. I would say Halo 3, but also I think it depends on the game. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, I mean, neither, a, neither game would work with the other game's health system at all. Yes. As opposed to the next question. <laughs> Which shotgun do you prefer, Quakes or Halo 3s? Halo! Halo, better shotgun quick a terrible shotgun the quick shotgun is really disappointing i i don't like it, it's got a good sound like they understand that part but it, you just pump ammo and every enemy takes like six shots yeah it's not like the dm shotguns which are good yep uh okay i'm gonna do trons because a lot of questions here do you want to move on to the email after that while i look through this yeah because we're I'll, definitely not gonna do all i'll these. do this this last email and then we'll um uh hit trons points uh this is from hilva and uh, Hilva asks, what do you think about Halo 3's difficulty settings? And the way Halo is meant to be played is higher than the normal level. Um, this is uh, a weird holdover from like the time of putting, like, you know, it's baby BJ Blazkowicz uh, on your difficulty screen. Um, it isn't like an encouragement for people to experiment and push above normal. I think it's good. I think this is better than the alternative because I think people will ultimately ignore the flavor text and just play the game on normal where i think it is better i honestly don't i don't mind playing halo on you know i've never i've played halo on heroic a couple times like not the whole way through i've I've messed about with the difficulty i think it's fine but i I tend to play halo um more directed and i like skip past enemies and get to the next checkpoint uh and i I think that the more lss yeah elasticity you have in being able to like push past enemies the harder halo is the more it's about okay every time i see a guy i have to work i have to deal with him and um so i, I think it's good the more people played it on normal than on the way it's meant to be played whatever it's just dumb like game a holdover from the days where you could do that kind of stuff and people wouldn't get mad uh the the thing for me is that like games have to serve some different purposes like any game you have to consider that it may be someone's first entry into one of these like they want you to be able to play halo 3 even if you haven't played halo 1 and 2 because you got a new xbox 360 you want a game for it people are talking about halo buy halo um but also if you've played halo 1 and halo 2 and you dropped hundreds of hours into them you need a game that's going to not be like a bore for you and so the way it's meant to be played, I think, automatically has to scale upward because you need to signpost to the people who already understand what the game is, what difficulty they should be playing on in a way that isn't like going to make the game unapproachable for everyone else. Because it'd be very easy to make heroic the default difficulty setting. And then anyone else who plays the game has a really bad time. Yes. And you don't want that. Yeah. I think the way um, around they did do it is better than the alternative. Yes. Because um, there's definitely there's definitely genres of game where like when I when Bayonetta 3 comes out I'm going to play on hard the first time because mm-hmm. I played Bayonetta 2 on normal and had kind of really easy time until I bumped it up to hard after the fact because I played a lot of Bayonetta and I'm good at those type of games kind of um, and so it's one of those things where like uh, it's hard to under, like make everyone happy perfectly I think I think telling you if you've played like this is how modern games do it it's like if you want to focus on the story here's the story mode if you want to if you're new to this type of game play it on easy if you're aware of this type of game playing on normal if you are good at this type of game and you like it you want to challenge play it on hard that makes sense to me that seems to be how every modern AAA game kind of sets right now and i like personally to have the story mode because i just want content to rest my way through most of these video games yes um 
Anyway, we have questions from Tron. We covered a lot of these, so I'm just going to hit the points that uh, have uh, stood out. Uh, what enemy in Quake makes the best noises? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Because all I could think when I was hearing the enemy noises in Quake is how disappointing they are compared to Doom's... So... I guess the I, I like, I like the night guys. I think the night guy is like the defining enemy in Quake for me. I just think it's cool. It's it is cool. Yep. Um, Tron's, uh, Tron asked if you uh, felt this game was scary because they played this in Doom Three and they felt this game was better being scary than Doom Three. For some reason, Doom Three, uh, I think it's because the enemies are like they'll just dump an enemy right in your face. So you turn around in a way that Quake doesn't. Uh, startled me more. Um, but it was like a cheaper kind of scare. Like, I didn't think, I didn't find Doom 3 like super scary, but every once in a while you grab an item and turn around and there's a guy right in your face. And I know that's something people complained about in that game, but Doom did that a lot too, in a way that Quake just doesn't. Yes. Quake is like, you pick up the item and you hear a door open somewhere and you're like, ah, shit. And you knew it was going to happen, but you picked up the item anyway. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. Uh, isn't it super cool that the invisibility really works in this game? The thing with the invisibility for me is that once you attack someone, it seems like they just know where you are at that point. Yeah. Like, it is cool, but it's not, like, super deeply implemented. It's not quad damage. Quad damage is really goddamn good. <sighs> quad damage is so good. Enemies may as well not exist. <laughs> yep. Uh, Halo 3 questions. Uh, did the narrative beats with Cortana interrupting Master Chief work for you at all? No! no! <laughs> it's really bad. Everything with Cortana is embarrassing. I can't believe she's become, like, the linchpin for this entire franchise's story. The best part is it gets so much worse. It's about to I get know. so much worse. Yep. Uh, what's your favorite Scarab battle? Probably the double one. I think the double one's really cool. That one's really fucking cool. Uh, what is your favorite looking cutscene in this game? anytime there's a map painting the map painting is really cool um all the stuff on earth is really good i love the stuff on earth mm -hmm. uh, what's your favorite equipment uh i.e the bubble shield in this game um probably the regenerator i don't tend to use equipment that much um mm -hmm. like in multiplayer the usually the most useful one is the uh fake um radar and you just put a bunch of red dots in your radar and renders it useless yeah uh, but that doesn't matter in single player so it's like the one <laughs> regenerator gets my health back uh, um what are your thoughts on brutes gameplay wise in this game they, they, they turn the into elites. This game do feel a lot flatter than halo one and two yes i mean elites are better enemies than brutes but then yes they turned brutes basically into elites for halo just without the shield dynamics and the like yes. ai patterns yeah um, and then what are your thoughts on the last section of the Warthog in this game? I think it's the first one that like works visually because uh, Halo 1 and Halo 2 just don't, they just don't hit, hit in like as an action set piece in the same way to me. Um, but this one did feel like the fakest video game happening around you as you're just driving yeah. in a straight line. Well, no, that's because I knew where to turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I know a lot of it was you knew where to go and so we just were avoiding things very well, but like... It it did kind of feel like a, a ride at like a Disney World or something. That was me. That was all me. Because I remember playing this before, and you would like you'd fall off the edge, uh, and or you die from the flood hordes at one of the like checkpointy bits, and it would completely kill the momentum. I was like very focused, being like, I'm gonna have to. I wanted this one take. <laughs> so that mm. that was on purpose. <laughs> okay. 
And that's it for questions. Again, podcastabnormalmapping.com. So one thing I want to touch on, people asked a bunch of questions about multiplayer. This is the thing I've been thinking about as we think about like how we do coverage or stuff. This comes up every time you think about Final Fantasy XIV, you're like, what we could have done, we could just do it. We could just do a month where we cover Final Fantasy XIV. And I'm like, we can't. We can't play it in a month. We can't play it in six months. And if we did, we'd just be annoyed that we spent 100 hours on a <laughs> game that is not to our tastes. Um and I think about the way in which this stuff, uh, like what coverage looks like, especially for, we're a two-person shop. We, yes. we can't cover everything that's impossible. We don't cover new releases. But it does kind of like make us directed towards a certain type of game and a certain type of coverage. Yes. Where we're going to play single-player games between four and 20 hours long, typically. And we're going to talk about the way in which the story and the mechanics work together to create a game that we like or don't. <laughs> um and uh that's just not what every coverage is but it also it's fine if we aren't going to be able to cover every type of game right like when we started this we were like we're gonna we're gonna get into a sports we're gonna do a month where we do a sports game we're gonna get into a fighting game and maybe we'll still do those but if we don't i don't think it's a failure but i've thought about how how long it's taken to get to the point where i feel okay saying that <laughs> no i mean like it's taken us to this year to go what if we just played rpgs because we like talking about them we're better at talking about them and it's our interest set <laughs> like yeah because before we feel like bad about that because you know we should do a sport we should try tie fighter or something we might still do tie fighter one day we might uh, still do tie fighter yeah no that's always like, when, the I, when i think of like a kind of game that we haven't played right it's stuff like that uh and every time we've like trying to do something too far out of the wheelhouse it's kind of been bad um that not, isn't always true not always but like um if we did a sports game it'd be bad there's nothing to talk about we know our opinions on sports games yeah they bring back pg tour and make it good maybe we'll do an episode on a sports game um, we'll probably have to do something else besides besides that won't yes. fill an entire episode we just need like some kind of actual thematic hook to like dig into yeah yeah yeah, yeah just how we are i don't think that's fine yeah. no no yeah. one's like knocking on our door like learn to do better coverage of video games it's because like we could we could spend the time like uh like the multiplayer of this whatever if we wanted to play valorant let's say just pick i'm picking a game that's popular if we wanted to learn to play valorant we could spend you know 20 to 60 hours over the course of a couple months getting reasonably okay at valorant and then we could come in and do an episode on valorant would we have anything to say that wasn't already covered by people who just have been playing Valorant since it started? Absolutely no, not. Not even slightly. And thus, we spent a bunch of time like getting like mildly educated about a thing that there's already dedicated people who do that coverage uh, to say a thing that everyone who's playing it already knows, or the people who aren't playing it like could assume or don't care about. But I mean, the 14 is slightly different, right? Because we would basically ignore all the MMOs stuff and go, we don't like MMOs, to then talk about the story in the lens of every single person told us this was the greatest Final Fantasy story ever told. Yeah, like, but I, too already, I already know that that's not going to be true. Even if I end up liking parts of that story, that comes out of sunk cost in playing a game over years, right? Yes. Like, I know how that happens. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've I've tried to get into 14 every single expansion, and I feel like every, every single time the goalpost for when it gets good has been shifted one expansion later. Yes. <laughs> every time, 100% of the time. Originally it was like, oh, it's good now at 1.0, then it was like, oh no, it's good in Heavensward, and then so it's actually it's good after Stormbringers or whatever. Um, hmm. And so I just can't tell. I just can't tell what's going on over there. 
Um, and and again, at the end of the day, we come in and we'd be like, yeah, MMO MMOs are like fake video games for people who don't actually like RPGs, right? And then everyone's mad at us. <laughs> yeah, like people often think that we're like super contrarian sometimes because we, we like pick apart the things we like, but we don't actually enjoy going up to things that we know we don't like and then taking them down. Like we enjoy talking about the things we do like and taking them down. That's why we have a Gundam podcast um, and not a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. Uh, these are like fundamentally different things, uh, and so like that's why we'll never do a game like that, right? Like where it's like we're probably not to our tastes. I might still like I, I want to see the story one day, but uh, the more millions of hours they add to it, the less likely that it becomes, I guess. Yep. Um. And yeah, so yeah, I I feel good about where our choices of games are. It's fine. It's fine. We just do a podcast. It's fine. It wasn't that deep all along. Yeah. Uh, but also, it means, like, when we cover Halo, like, we're having a very weird experience where all we do is go in and play the campaign once on normal, and that that's Halo for me. That'll always be Halo. Maybe that'll change when we catch up, but I'm like, okay, Jackson, let's play some multiplayer Halo. And you're like, well, we have to load back up the Master Chief collection because the good Halo is there. And I'm like, oh, right. Damn. I mean, by the time this happens, maybe it'll be an infinite. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, I play Halo, like, not as yeah. much as I'd like to. My friends are playing it more than me, because usually they'll be like, hey, do you want to play Halo? And I'll be, you know, in the middle of editing something, or crunching yes. on, like, Caldelco next month, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, pl- like, I, we have friends who are really into fighting games. I'm very jealous of them. They're they're playing games I'm not super interested in. But if I, if I wasn't in this position where, after my day job, I have to spend, you know, one to three hours every night working on podcast work, I would love to play one of those games with them. But it doesn't fit my life. Yes. Uh, but, like, Halo multiplayer, I can talk about that. But I, I guess I haven't got uh, in deep uh in a long time and i haven't even been able to keep up with my like casual friend groups who are doing it because i just have too many other stuff going on yeah yep it's uh it's strange because it's just one of those like situations where like doing this job limits the kind of ways in which you can talk about the things that are important about video games Mm -hmm. and uh just one of those things are like i'm kind of okay with it at this point but it is a it is a tension where like people are gonna ask us about the multiplayer of these games i don't fucking know i didn't grow up playing multiplayer i grew up in a period where like I could get people to play Mario Kart with me, but that's about it. <laughs> I, I think it is at the point where I am fairly comfortable saying that we are generally like a thematic and mechanic focused like critics, right? Like we'll and sometimes those crossover, sometimes they don't. It's either talking about the way the jump is good, or it's talking about the like what the game is arguing as a story. Uh, yep. And those are the things we do, and those have always been the things we did, <laughs> um, and that's fine. I think we're pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it. Uh, next month, we're playing Kodelka. That's a PS1 game. Uh, you can get it uh, through emulation. That's it. That's the only way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's even on the PS3, and that store's been... Find the ROM. Find the... Set the ROM free. Yep. Um, yeah. uh, plugs, Jackson. I'm at headfullsoff on twitter.com. You can follow me there. You can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Go listen to them. There are a bunch of cool ones. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, I do Let's Plays at youtube.com slash mapping. Uh, I'm currently working on Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition. Um, a new episode of that should probably be up this week. Uh, I don't think I'm going to record it tonight because it's now late and I'm tired, but uh, I'm going to do it soon. Um, had to take a week off because podcast work just got very uh, intense. <laughs> oh, yeah, this week's been busy. If you would like to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash normalmapping. For $1 a month, you get The Great Gundam Project, where every week we talk through two episodes of Gundam and another anime. Right now, we're talking through Gundam X and uh, Standalone Complex Second Gig with our friend Austin Walker uh, of Friends of the Table. Maybe you've heard of him. 
Yeah. Um, for $10, you get VoIP Life where we goof off and talk about bullshit. It's usually video game related. This week, I'm going to have a really good quiz for Jackson that uh, this that episode might not be up by the time this goes live, but it'll I'm be gonna up I'm going to go ahead and days. say it probably isn't up considering how much editing yeah, beach, I have to do this week. Yeah, put up. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. It might be it might be Monday when that goes up. But I have a very good quiz that I'm pretty sure is going to kill Jackson dead. So It's video game related. You should. It's video game related. You should listen. Um, uh, on our network, we have a bunch of other podcasts. Again, go to abnormalmapping.com to see them all. Uh, the video game related one uh, is Journal Updated, which yeah. our friends Norman Molly play through a game. They recently played through what was the game they played in, the fr- in January? Banner Saga. No, the one that already is out. Banner Saga won't be out for another two days. Um, what was the. Hang on, I'm not looking it up. We can do this. We can do We talk to Nora Molly all the time. We should know. Pyre. It was Pyre. Pyre. Right? It was Pyre. Yeah, it was yes. Pyre. Um, and th- yes, they're doing Banner Saga, the first game specifically, uh, that'll be up in a couple days because they released on the first. Um, and I think this comes out, what, the 20, 28th, 29th, something like that. So um, look forward to that. Check that out. It's a good podcast. Uh, you know, it's a nice companion to uh, the stuff we do. And they've been going for almost a year now. So they've made it over the hump. Now they're just going to go forever. Yep. Um, that's it. Play some video games. I'm, I hopefully we'll come back and have finished Ace Combat, which is a game I'm working on right now. Seven specifically. Yo, yo. Um, that game's pretty good. Uh, nothing to say about it. <laughs> we already covered Ace Combat years ago. Go check our game gallery. I, I think it's up to date. Uh, if you go to the page, thebestgame.club, you can see all the games we've covered in a nice gallery view. You can click through and see what's there, and uh, it's a good time. So that's everything. Please enjoy your video games, uh, but get the fuck out.